What's up and welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 54. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy the Roy Rowe. I'm here with the professional, Blake Short. I'm with the smoke. Fist me, boys. And the friendly neighborhood ACM. Pay me, man. This is my second week in the row. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about the Jackhammer Jackass and the future of AEW. All leading to our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. But before we talk about wrestling, let's talk about our weeks. And Antonio, once again, you want to fill everybody in on why you're here. Well, I'm here uh, covering for the one unprofessional Greg. The unprofessional Greg Oveson, who calls out of the podcast two weeks in a row at midnight the night before the 11 a.m. It's like he got that year-long success and just it all went to his head. Yeah, ever since he's won that belt, he has changed. Ever since he's became predictions champion, he can't even be bothered to show up anymore. I don't know if it's that or the breakfast is champion. I think the breakfast Yeah, that one really went to his head, too. Once he got that... He just decided he's not going to show anymore, even though he was not the rightful champion to start. I'm going to get us started talking about our weeks, Antonio, because I think a lot of ours are going to overlap. Um, the first thing I want to tell you guys about is that you remember the infamous PlayStation 5 pre-order story at this point. Uh, things that, Money's been getting a little bit tight, and I have... I Obviously, I want to get myself a PlayStation 5, and I've told Kaylee, my younger sister... Uh, she's 16 that she would be getting the second one for Christmas. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll just wait until closer to Christmas to get the second one and I'll be able to save some money. Until she texts me the other day and she says, 21 days. I'm like, 21 days till what? And she says, PlayStation 5. And I'm like, wow. So she's really counting this down. I had no idea that she was anticipating it that much. Uh, other than that, my my week has been dominated by Fort Nightmares. Uh, Halloween has officially started on Fortnite, Blake, and it has been incredible. What they're doing this time around is, as you recall, there's there's 100 people in each match. When you die, you become a shadow, which is basically a ghost. And then it becomes the ghosts versus the real-life players. Um, so either you eventually get down to that last team, and they eliminate the ghosts, and they win, or the ghosts win. Uh, it also changes your voice on chat. So if you die and you're talking to each other, it changes your voice to sound like a demon or like a ghost. Um, and one of my, one of the, my favorite things over the week was it was in a match. Antonio and Wingate had been eliminated. We only had three of us in a squads match and everybody else was turning into the ghost and all. We were out of ghosts. It was just me. And I believe four real life players, three or four real life players, so I'm running around. I, I'm not a ghost at this point. I'm running around. I'm trying to evade. I'm trying to get the shield off, just seeing what I can do. Um, after a while, I noticed none of their hits are hitting me. And Wingate pointed out that they're just toying with me. They're not really trying to hit me. They're trying to no-scope and jump off and do these trick shots. So I stood out in the middle of the field and healed in front of them. Um, eventually, they decided that they were going to kill me. So they finally, they finally took care of that. I came back as the ghost. Again, they're trying to do these trick shots. You know, the circle keeps getting smaller and smaller. At this point, I realized, okay, I, I clearly will not win a game of skill against these guys. But what they're doing now is playing my game. They're playing the evasiveness. They're playing around way too much, and they lost that match. <laughs> All of them died in the storm while I evaded. And it was so satisfying because I just know that had to hurt them. 
And then, Antonio, I'll let you expound because I know Fortnite Mares is a, a big part of your week also. So, yeah, uh, of course, you heard me mentioned when Roy said it, I'm one of the three in the squad. But uh, usually when they do an event like this, it's special to me for one reason. So season six um, of the chapter one of Fortnite introduced a battle pass skin known as Calamity. Uh, she's kind of a Western-based like a uh, cowboy skin that I took and turned into in my own Fortnite universe to Sheriff. Because she was introduced uh, when the fiends and NPCs first were put in the game. And that was like kind of her main purpose was to hunt those things. So, so basically he's assigned a gimmick to this skin. Yes. And due to continuity, I logged on to Fortnite earlier this week and see that it changed to Fortnite Mares. And it's telling me all these ghosts and some dude are now running my saloon. So I felt as though it was time to bring out the sheriff again. And I know that sounds so stupid to some, but you don't realize how excited I was to have to be able to use this skin again in like my own little universe that I created for Fortnite to entertain myself. Um, outside of that, I've been uh, playing a lot of mobile games, a lot of uh, Digimon Rearise. Uh, never really mentioned on the podcast. Digimon is one of my favorite things ever. Can I mention something that really tickles me? And it's... It's it's not a shot at Antonio. It's just a very funny observation. Before we started this, and we were talking about what we were going to talk about, and we knew that we both had four nightmares. We didn't want to talk too much about it with two of us talking about it. And I mentioned to you that you could talk about 2K. And you said nobody is going to want to listen about 2K. And then you went off about a fictional Fortnite universe. This, to you, was the most compelling content. Look, you see, Fortnite, right? Fortnite, more people can connect with. 2K, most people just complain about the shot system. I love 2K2. Uh, no shade at 2K. 2K is... No, it's not great. Next gen one will be better. But right. still. <laughs> was that... Was that every... I feel like I interrupted you. Were you saying something else? Yes, I was. Something about Digimon. You forgot it. Oh, yeah. I was playing a game called Digimon Rearise. And just a, a back note. Uh, in our group, there's something that uh, Roy likes to call gotcha luck. It usually only applies to me and Wingate. Um, so, I... Started this game during the first year anniversary, ended up getting like three of the strongest units for like the free, uh, and what game free currency, Digimon Rearise. Mobile game? Yep. So I started out with like three of the strongest Digimon you can. Roy goes, all right, I'm going to try. Roy actually did pretty good. He got some good stuff too. Then I had two other friends try and they just immediately went, this game is trash. I'm not playing it. But uh, Gotcha Luck does not just extend the games. It extends to... Almost everything in life, and I can't really control it. I like to say it's like kind of a superpower, like uh, that that is kind of just happens. I can't really control it. But um, other than that, it's just been games and getting screwed over in Pokemon. But I'm going to trans, just you know, go ahead, Blake. You're transfer the Pokemon. Yeah, over go to ahead, me. Blake. <laughs> since since there's been a lot of negativity about Pokemon Go, you're just going to bring it to me. You want me to bring the positive light on Pokemon yeah. Go? Well, I will, because this week on Pokemon Go, I put myself in a ridiculous outfit, didn't tell anybody, and our buddy Colby called me out on it and said, "What the hell are you doing?" And it turned into a Halloween decoration for the rest of the group. So. Roy took it upon himself to decorate himself in a insane Halloween yes, outfit. The, the most mixed match outfit I could, maybe not mixed match, but certainly the most ridiculous yeah, thing I could yeah. find. He's he's barefoot. He's got on this. What what would you even call that? It, it's like, like a, it's a like training a cloak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's almost it's like a 
Kind of like what a martial art master would lounge okay, in. Okay, yeah, home. that's a that that's a good description. My favorite thing was when I'm barefoot, and I Blake said, "What? Where are your shoes, man?" And I said, "Trick or treat, smell my feet." And Blake just said, "Always one step ahead of the game," and I just started laughing. Uh, a lot of fun. It, it was something random that we did that that was fun. I I like the fact that Colby called me out on my outfit. However, completely stole Wingate's outfit for himself. And then Wingate called him out on that. I missed that one. Yeah. Yeah, he stole Wingate's outfit. And Wingate was like, oh, I see you copied that top hat. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, good stuff. That I, You know, Go has died down a little bit for me. And I knew that was going to happen. We've been playing since the summer. I, I'm playing every day because I'll do my walk and I play. And, you know, at some point you're catching the same Pokemon. It's going to get a little bit older than it was in the beginning. But I'm still having fun with it. I like the events they throw in every now and then. And it, they refresh it just enough to keep me satisfied. And the Halloween event, although Antonio and I had talked about some of the Pokemon being pretty common every year for the Halloween event, I am excited about uh, the legendary that they have. So that's something that I don't yeah, have. Yeah, I was going to say, I missed him the first time. And so. they did introduce Galarian Ponytop, which was amazing. That well, that's great. I didn't did you even, get one? Yes, I did. Piece of shit. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, I got. I kept getting invited to the raids. I didn't. I didn't go do one raid on my own. I got four invites to Clarion Pony Talk. I got invited week. to three and thought I didn't have a remote raid pass and just happened to look at my items like an hour later. Wow. Yeah. So I took advantage of that. I, I never had even seen Clarion Pony Talk before, but it's beautiful. It's actually one of my. Did favorite you play Pokemon. Sword and Shield? I did, but I don't remember shit. You you know this. My memory is really bad. And we're talking about millions. It feels like millions and millions of Pokemon. So it's really hard for me to recall one singular one. Remember, I even had even forgotten about Galarian uh, Zigzagoon. Oh, yeah. And that's one yeah. of my favorites as well. It's just how it goes, man. Can't explain it. Other than that, I didn't do a ton this week. But one thing I did do was finish binge watching The Last Dance that I spoke to you guys about last week. I loved it. Antonio, I definitely recommend it when you get the chance. That's it for me. Oh, you know what? Speaking of recommendations, I watched the Kurt Angle Stone Cold podcast on the WWE Network. And I'll say it was one of the most honest, genuine, and refreshing interviews that I've seen. Kurt Angle, very honest and I don't want to say casual because he, he, he repents. But it was just refreshing how openly he talked about his substance abuse and some of the darkest parts of his life. You got to check it out. It was great. And they, the, the, one of the craziest things that comes out of these is when they talk about the matches and you hear things that you didn't know. So the Kurt Angle and Shane McMahon match. Everybody remembers that, right? Yeah. Going through the glass, all mm-hmm. that stuff. There's a suplex on the ramp before they ever even got up there that broke three bones in Kurt Angle. And I had no idea. Yeah, I had heard that story on one of the documentaries that they did. It's crazy. Like we see, we see a lot of injuries in that, and then just something small like that, where we'd be like, we probably look at it and think that's no issue. That probably doesn't hurt that bad. And it broke three bones. And, and a great uh, in the same match, an even more perfect example. One of Shane's jabs broke Kurt's nose early in the match. Yeah, and it, did, it wouldn't look like it at all when you watch it back. But well, Kurt said, like, as soon as it connected, he just knew. On top of that, the the story with Shane, where originally everybody saw he tried to throw him through it, and mm-hmm. he didn't. Shane landed on his head, and he's pretty much knocked out loopy. And and Kurt's like, pretty much, let's move on without the spot. And Shane said, no, throw me through it. Like, we're doing this spot. And it's crazy to think that Shane McMahon, who isn't even a wrestler, is that insane 
to to make sure that this spot goes through. That's why I will always have a certain level of respect for Shane because he's definitely never had to do anything that he's oh, done. Oh, he didn't have to do any of that shit, yeah. All right, guys, it's time to head over to the headlines and get going with some Q&A here. This question was originally for Greg Antonio. You'll be taking it over. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. Okay. Shouldn't be that hard. WrestleVotes is saying Survivor Series this year will be built around The Undertaker and it being 30 years after his debut. He is scheduled to appear on the show, but not wrestle. Hearing Undertaker could be involved without wrestling was definitely a relief to me. I began thinking of all the ways this could work and decided, well, I think for myself when Greg, or in this case, Antonio, can do it for me. This week, Antonio, your task with the impossible. I want you to pitch a role for Undertaker at Survivor Series and convince me to sign off on it. Now, look, I'm going to turn this page in my book, right? Okay. I'm going to draw a line and an X. Okay. This is the official contract signing. All right. So let me, uh, just a little backstory really quick. So, uh, Roy told me, uh, about this question yesterday because, you know, we had to prepare and everything for the podcast. Let's just say I made a mistake and thought this question was referring to Hell in the Cell. (laughs) So now I have this whole everything typed out. That is completely wrong, and I have to now think of this on the fly. We are so, not signing I am, I am not. The unprofessional. <laughs> I am not starting out great. Unbelievable. So, off the top of my head, okay. <laughs> this only works if Randy wins the title. All right, hold on. Let me write this down. Randy? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So, you have Survivor Series match. Randy versus Drew. I think that towards the end, because you know Randy, he's known for surviving in Survivor Series matches. It's one of his things. You get down towards the end, and it comes down to Randy. I don't think it should come down to Randy and Drew. I say someone like Randy and Keith. Let's say that's what... You just said something about Randy versus Drew. Randy versus Drew somehow comes down to Randy versus Keith? It's a Survivor Series match. The teams. Okay. So Randy's team versus Drew's team... Yes. ...comes down to Randy... And Keith. And Keith. Okay. Randy... Has the like kind of has the upper hand, you know, he's cheated a little bit. A little bit, uh, he's trying to take the turnbuckle off as he does, like the lights flicker, and he kind of backs up and he's not really worried about it. Because remember, Randy's also been on this legend killer spree again. Randy goes to throw Keith into the exposed turnbuckle, but lightning strikes the turnbuckle, which causes Randy to like jump back. And then Keith basically does a spirit bomb to win. And I feel like you just ha- show Undertaker on the screen. Don't actually have him come out to the ring. Like, just have him do kind of like a, a hat tip towards Keith Lee, like acknowledging, like, you know, I see you. Like, you're you're what's next. Like, you're the next big thing. I feel like that way it doesn't take a lot away from Keith. It doesn't really... Put Undertaker in a position to where people are like, come back for another match, come back for another match, even though some are going to say it anyway. I think having him do that without actually coming to be in the ring, but like do something cool with Undertaker-like would still be able to work and get over. Okay. So we have Randy wins the title. Then we have a Survivor Series match. Team Randy versus Team Drew. It comes down to Randy versus Keith. This is this is a non-title match, correct? Yes, because it's a traditional okay. Survivor Series match. Uh, Randy takes the turnbuckle off. The lights go off. Lightning distracts him. And then Keith Lee wins. And we sum it all up with a little R-E-S-P-E-C-T. 
I am not signing off on this. <laughs> you have brought The Undertaker back. You're putting him in a match with Keith Lee, which is not fun for me. As well as giving Keith Lee another weird shenanigans so, win. Here's the thing, though. I have to go off what WWE is giving no, me. No, you don't. You lost. You failed. You failed the thing. There's no excuses. This was not a question of signing off on WWE. You booked this. You booked this. Well, WWE would have signed off on it in a heartbeat. Listen. <laughs> He keeps trying to find a way to WWE justify this. Was, uh, my original idea was great. Nobody is signing <laughs> off on this one. Why don't you tell me your original idea? Oh, jeez. Uh, okay, well. Because <laughs> at this point, I'm invested and I need to know. This, this isn't doing it for me. <clears throat> so this is your pitch for Undertaker appearing at Hell in a Cell. Right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Which would explain why he predicted <laughs> in the prediction show that Undertaker would be an I still Cell. think that's what that was about? Yes. I still think there's a chance he could. But... That's what we said. Is Undertaker supposed to be here? He's like, no, but I've got a whole thing going. All right. So this one, I'm just going to read it as I, I wrote it. Doing the Hell in Cell match. Oh, God. He's going to kill me. Between Roman and Jimmy. <laughs> towards the end. I mean, Roman and Jay, towards the end, Jimmy should try to interfere. Jimmy beats down Roman for weapon with Jay eventually getting up. The Usos, Corn, and Roman are both walking towards him as the camera is focused on their upper profile, so like upper, you know, upper body. Um, Jimmy suddenly stops and looks down as he tries, because he's being, he realizes someone has grabbed his leg from under the ring, but he's being held in place and then gets grabbed and pulled under the ring. Jay tries to jump and pull Kimmy, Kimmy. Jimmy, back, back up <laughs> as half of him is under the ring, but he eats a low blow from Roman. Jimmy gets pulled under the ring and smoke begins to bill out the hole, and then you basically fill in how Roman wins. Basically just because his help got, like, Jimmy got taken away from Jay. I'm not signing off on this. I don't show Why Undertaker. did he just help Roman win? Because it's a respect thing. He beat the Undertaker. What is he was doing respect. Okay, no, no, no. In all seriousness, for, for, for Roman's gimmick, his whole thing is he commands no, respect. This is awful. I'm Undertaker not off is on it. also the type. No, Are you signing off on this, Blake? You have Blake's to not listen. signing off on it. Undertaker right, is you, the type okay. to where he's like, he acknowledges when someone's like, okay, you got me. You beat me. It's then like why did it's he like a pat- win. He passed on the yard. He's like, bro, it's he not- passed on the yard. It's like it's it, this is yours. You are right. It's you his are the, now. You are the breadwinner for WWE. You need to keep this title for WWE to succeed. I don't think your cousin is the right way. Like you had what it took to beat me. You had what it took to main event such and such WrestleMania. You're the future now. Like you're the front. You're the torch holder. Let's be let's be fair to Antonio. There isn't a lot here. Look, man, I'm just Antonio, trying to sell. To, to have the Undertaker. <laughs> I'm not buying all. any of it. Yeah, on, man. I don't want what this you're count. selling at all. Uh, even if it was a BOGO, I don't want it. But, <laughs> yeah, we're not taking both of them by one you want free either. But you were in a tough spot here because the Undertaker, there really isn't anything for the Undertaker right here that I can think of that makes me excited. And, and I love Undertaker, but... It's just, it's done. I mean, I could think of, I feel like there's probably plenty of things I guess Undertaker if we could do that could be deep, interesting. But to not have him wrestle moving forward. Check it out. Ready? I feel like ready? 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 Undertaker and Roman Reigns, dinner debonair. No. Okay. Live I'm, at Survivor. Yeah, sign look, it. sign off on it. Sign it. Bullshit! You don't, you don't want no. to see that. First of all, let's just rip it off another segment. <laughs> and the it's not original. 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 It's
Okay. <laughs> All right, Blake, we're going to head over you. To start off, I want to say that even though I've gotten a little bored with Undertaker's character over the years, he always has and always will have my respect, unlike the man we're about to talk about here. Oh, God. A source told Inside the Ropes, Vince McMahon couldn't care less what anybody thinks about him using Goldberg, and the head honcho still believes there is value in the Goldberg name in WWE. Goldberg's appearance in Thunderdome last Friday was supposed to help with ratings and set up his return for the Royal Rumble WrestleMania season. My question for you, Blake, what are they doing to us, man? They don't like us, clearly. I I think Vince has a personal issue with me. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't... Look, I want to start off by saying this. I, I do believe that there's value in the Goldberg name. I would be lying if I said that I didn't believe in that. There, It's just... There is something there. I, I noticed it when they brought him for the Saudi shows, how many people were asking for Goldberg to win. And to me, I thought they were ridiculous and insane. But they are. I did I did see it. It's it is there. That's not something that Vince has made up in his head. There are people who do want to see Goldberg and they want to see Goldberg succeed. I don't get it personally, but that that's a true statement. There is value in the name. And it's, it sucks because at the end of the day, WWE is a business. And if a place is willing to give you a couple million just for one guy to show up. The, the issue I have with Goldberg is there's nothing long term for this company that involves Goldberg. And what happens is you sacrifice your long term value mm-hmm. by bringing in Goldberg and having him win titles by having him win big matches because the the wrestler on the other side that loses almost has to start all over again. The Fiend was white hot, and you killed him with the loss to Goldberg. Now, yes, he's brought himself back, but imagine the, the amount of work that Bray had to put in himself personally to get back to where he is. And still to this day, I can't forget that he lost to Goldberg on a suplex. Yeah, And it's been a very long time since that happened now. You're killing your long-term value by bringing somebody like this in, and it, it sucks so bad. I My hatred runs deep for Goldberg. He has hurt KO. He has hurt The Fiend. And I just don't want to see him do it to somebody else. Fair enough. Well put. Our open mic topic this week, ladies and gentlemen, the final topic before we get to rant and rave, is the future of AEW. They just celebrated one year on TNT recently, and with full gear right around the corner, this seemed like a great time to talk about not what we have seen, but what will we look to in the future. Things that we want to see from AEW. Who wants to get us started? Can I, can I start? Yes. I'd like to see a, women's, a better women's I thought going to start off with, first, The Undertaker comes out. <laughs> um, I would like we to are see... not signing off on that. Come on, Undertaker and AEW. He, he gives us a third pitch. All right, look, it's full gear. <laughs> um, I think that... For me, the, the two main things for AEW going forward, the women's division. So the women's division is number one. It was the first thing that came to mind. It's not like they're all full or disrespectful to them or anything, but it's you can tell that it doesn't have the same care as the men's roster. So yeah. I think that that's their biggest room for improvement. We're all in agreement there. That's That's been my biggest issue with AEW in the first year of the women's division. Yeah, and you know, at first we kind of were like, was it because Rio was a champion? Was it because Nyla was a champion? No, it's just because they don't, they can't seem to figure out how to book them. They can't seem to figure out how to put them on consistently. Some of these matches that happened on Dark, not even just the tag team tournament, just a lot of the, because I actually look at the ticker a lot. A lot of the women's matches that happen on Dark should be happening on 
uh, dynamite, and I don't understand why. Um, second one, I don't know uh, how you guys feel about this, so I'm just gonna give an example. Uh, when WWE, this I hate. I mean, we're gonna compare it to because they're wrestling. I feel like WWE, when it comes to main event and number one contenders, they build them more. I actually want to see more built number one contenders and challengers for the main title. Now, hear me out. Two of the matches, like, think about the last two people who faced them. Brian Cage and, uh, that's not his, Lance Archer. I kept saying Lance Harper for some reason. Lance Harper. <laughs> um, both of those matches got extended by two or three weeks because of COVID. Those matches were only two-week builds. They won a match, and then the match was supposed to happen in two weeks. A lot of, and I, I, I was thinking about it the other day, because I'm like, what if that's why I can't, like, I feel the way I do about Moxley as champion, and it's not even his fault. They're not actually building any contenders for him. Besides Brody, no one was really built up to be like, you know, to for you to be invested in and be like, oh, they could possibly beat Moxley. Everyone, literally, we were like, oh, you're going to lose. Yeah. They, oh, you're going to lose. They are pretty, I wouldn't say it was always super easy to tell that uh, somebody was going to lose. They are pretty rapid fire with the main title. It seems like. Um, everybody, they, they have a decent amount of people who could go up to that main event at any time, but the, the path, it's like two or three weeks, two, two or three weeks before the pay-per-view, somebody goes from upper mid card to almost being treated like top main event Mm -hmm. just to, to get into that title, title match. So, you know, I agree with you. There's maybe some long-term storytelling with the, the main title would do them a little bit of good. It seems like that's a trend for title matches are on the show, though. For the pay-per-views, they actually do do a build. That's NJF, true. That's true. Uh, Birdie was a pay-per-view. See, so the pay-per-views, the pay-per-views build. are very long build. You can see with Kingston, they're they're building that. It's it's the the title defenses on Dynamite that seem to be quick. And, and then while I love the titles being defended on Dynamite, you like and it's still fairly it's still new. It's only been it's only a year old, but you fall into the trap of any title match that happens on that show. We already know what the outcome is going to be. Now I love the frequent title matches on the on the shows. The the way that you don't do that is either you just have less title matches or more pay per views, and I don't want either one of those. I think this model of, I mean, WWE fills the gap for pay per views. There's plenty of pay per views to watch with WWE and AEW. This every couple of months thing, it makes it so that when we get to the pay per view, it every one does feel like a really big deal. Um, so do you guys, let, let me ask you guys, how do you feel about that particular model? Would you like to see more scheduled pay-per-views, uh, get to that, like in three weeks, such and such, you know, that kind of thing? No, I just need the, like, it doesn't even need to be a pay-per-view for me. Like just some of these people have to be built up more. I, I mean, I've, I told, I said it before on this part, po- on this podcast before, like in the background, most likely. Uh, I feel that a lot of times when someone is on a winning streak in AEW that is kind of n- not new, but all of a sudden they're on a win streak, it is literally just so they can lose to someone that is considered a upper, upper mid or upper like main eventer. It's like, oh, they're on fire, so they earn this match, which, you know, to uh, Roy said before, like that's all you can do. That's what you're striving for. So that makes sense. But when I know the outcome is you're always just going to lose. There's, that's where the problem comes in. I, I can't take the build up that with them as much lately. I, it was it was a problem earlier on in this year, um, but I haven't noticed noticed it as much the last couple of months. Do you feel like you're still seeing that trend just as often? Uh, not no, not necessarily. Only with some of the tag teams, but I kind of can 
I kind of can understand why, because they're trying, their tag team division is very deep, and they're trying to showcase more than one or two, three teams at a time, right. which I think is the right thing to do. So, what about you, Blake, anything you want to see for the future of AEW? Yeah, the first thing I want to touch on is the women's division. I think right now it feels like the Divas back in the day, minus the bra and panties. Yeah. They, they feel like an afterthought. They don't feel like they're as important as the men. We need to change that. Uh, one of the best ways to change that is a Britt Baker title run, baby. Yes. I need to see a Britt Baker title run. I think that she has been carrying this division lately. Her her videos are, are hilarious with Tony. They've been building this for months. And I would love to see Britt Baker kind of carry the torch for the women's division and start to establish that a little bit in the next year. The next thing I want to see is on the men's side, I have to have which it looks like we're heading towards this. I have to have a Hangman Page or Kenny Omega title run at this point. I have Pick one. Fuck. You know, it was easily Hangman for Until the longest this time. But this week, I think it's it's, Kenny. it's it's turning into Kenny for me. I would love to see either one. I I, I really what I want to see eventually is these two feuding for the yeah. title. Um, maybe maybe we start off by having this tournament become down to those two. One of them does win, and we get back to those two because there's such a long-term story here that I've invested in, and I've had a ton of fun. And it's just something that I think would be great for AW because they're both killing it. Um, the, the tag team titles have to come off of FTR at this point. I'm sorry. I, I've yeah, given, they haven't been interesting I've enough. given it – I guess I can't say I've given it time. It hasn't been that long, but I've tried to give it time. It hasn't worked for me. I am ready for the Young Bucks to hold those titles at this point. I do think they're the best tag team there, and they have been for a while. And I would like to see more of them. So I'd like to see a Young Bucks run. But the main thing is the women, fixing that women's division and giving me Hangman or Omega as champion. Let's go over a few of the wrestlers and see how we feel about them, what we want to see from them. Uh, No secret here, Kip Sabian. I would love to see. I don't need Kip Sabian as a main event guy. But if we could get him to upper mid-card or even just very solid mid-card, I would love that. Um, I want to see a more clear path for Miro and Kip. If they're going to continue on this trajectory, I would rather Miro just leave AEW. I'll just do without it. Um, I've said it before. There's too much talent to be wasting time right now. Rusev being one of my all-time favorites. It doesn't feel good to say that. But what he's what he's doing for me right now isn't cutting it. Um and some of that is is on on me. I, we we have this expectation immediately when somebody like that is brought in, like this is a this is a big deal. And for them, it may not have been ever been that. They may be thinking the same thing. We have too much damn talent to worry about getting Miro upper mid card or main event right now. Um, but I would rather maybe they hold off or something. This 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 thing this this has just fell flat. Um, this isn't this isn't working for me, Kip. Miro, I almost want to say that I want them to split up together. The chemistry isn't there for me. It's just not working. What about you? That's how I feel with Kevin Miro, too. And I really wanted to work. I think mainly because Havoc and Kip worked so well. It really they did. They were so hot. They were on a roll. They were so fun to watch because it was just nothing but pure chaos. Penelope Ford at ringside doing something. Uh, Jimmy Havoc, if you take your eye off of him for a second, he's got some he's kind of weapon all in his hands. kinds of crazy shit. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's where this is falling flat. Miro is just, he's not Havoc. And, I, and it's I was going to say, I think that 
it's, not it's the just same. a different dynamic where Havoc didn't really have to talk much. Like Kip was more of the mouthpiece. Havoc was the one to just do crazy stuff. Miro, he wants to talk. He wants to be heard. So it's like kind of a, you have two of the same personality together. So it's just not really clicking. And when's the, when's the last time they've mentioned the wedding? Yeah, I think that's done. I, and, and that's sad because I, I wanted to see where they went with that. I thought we could we could definitely do something fun with that. And AEW tends to take advantage of these opportunities. I'm still waiting to see if something comes of it. I, I may have to Google it and see if they've explained it somewhere and I've missed it. But that's going to have to make it onto a rant for me at some point. Because I just... If I'm if something's a mistake and you have to abandon it, fine. But you gotta you gotta give me something on TV for why that's happening, or you're gonna condition me to not look forward to things because I don't know whether it's gonna end up happening or not. And the AEW is not guilty of doing it very often, but I don't want to see it at all. I don't think it's hard to not do it at all. I another thing I want to see for AEW is just for them to pull the trigger on one of these talents that are up and coming, whether it be. Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy. <laughs> uh, I, I know Roy's face just changed. Wardlow. I need one of these guys that you can tell that they have some investment in. I need them to get to the next yeah, level. Yeah, a little, a little bit of shuffle of the roster definitely is needed. We Cage is in that group that's, for that's, me too, Brian That's Cage. kind of a lot of guys I, on the cusp that we're waiting to push through. And you, got, you, you wonder, are they waiting until the live audiences are back and stuff like that? At this point, you, you may not. that may not be an option. You're going to wait. Too long, and the payoff isn't going to be there anymore. Yeah, that's kind of what I was also trying to say when I say like more built main eventers. I feel like, like Roy said, there's definitely a ton of people that can be there so easily. All you have to do is push them and book them right. Um, but the thing is, they potentially could have one of the deepest main event pools. I, we just need to see them tap into it. Yeah, and to go back to your question, Antonio answered, and I never got the chance as far as the pay-per-views. I like their format a lot right now. I think they should stick with it. The pay-per-views feel really important when you get to them. It's very exciting when you get to one. However, the one thing I do want to see change, WWE has their big four. And for AEW, I would like for us to start to establish which one is bigger than the other. Is there there a pay-per-view that that is your WrestleMania? I think it's all in. I think it would have to be all in. It's but very, I, it's that hasn't unclear. been established. There's, yeah, there's yeah, no messaging me. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like to see that established as we've went through our first year, as we, as we continue on, which really the pay-per-views have been going on for much longer than that. I would like to figure out which one is the big one that I really need to look forward to from you. Okay. All right. So I talked about throwing out some names. I started us off with Kip and Miro. I'll let each of you throw out a name for who we're going to talk about, what we want to see from the future for them. And then we'll move on. Do either of you have a name that comes to mind right away? Uh, well, for me, uh, Miro. He's high up there. I'm not even going to say I want I to wait. I already said Miro. You have oh, to say we have to whole... think of different names? Yeah, you say a name of a person well, and then we talk just, about this, him. It's a whole roster. Yeah, here. like, I mean, I understand. But if I have my favorite people and they just happen to be the same as someone else's. We've I'm... already talked. You, talk, you were part but of that mine conversation. Is, but mine is a little different. I don't care about him with Kip. I just want him by myself from the jump. I think it should have been like that from the beginning. Like, I just think it's dead on arrival. Uh, Brody, I know they've done a lot with him. I feel like I'm going to have to see a main a main title run out of him soon. Like, I just the thought of Dark Order and Brody Lee with the title, just how much you can do with that. Uh, it could be what I know AEW might try to shy away from this because I don't think they're the type to try it. But it could be what's considered the first, like, completely dominant faction in AEW. Like they could they could be a group that could hold all the titles. 
Uh, and there's only a few, like the only other group I feel that way about, honestly, is the inner circle. Um, so I will, I would like to see that eventually. Uh, so his submission is the Dark Order, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And what do you want to see from the Dark Order, Blake? <sighs> I, I'm not. Look, I wouldn't be upset with Brody being in the title picture, but I've already established who I want to be in there. Yeah. And you could mix Brody in, I guess, with that. I mean, he's had his thing with ha- with Hangman and stuff. But I'm okay with Brody still being dominant but not being in the title picture. I, I enjoyed the TNT stuff. I think that was the right call. But I don't need him thrust into it. I can live with the Dark Order stuff and him just being a dominant guy without a, without a title. Because yeah, there's a lot of guys right now that I think need it more than him. I feel the same way. I don't have a specific path that I want to see for Brody, but I want to see him remain as extremely relevant and also to maintain kind of that final boss feel and yep. continue to be dominant. Um, I think he's going to need a, a few nice wins because he had two losses back-to-back, yeah. right? Um, pretty not too far away from one another. Uh, not that two losses is going to make or break anybody, but if we want to protect the idea of what Brody Lee is, I think he's going to have to get some more wins. As far as who I'd like to see something from, for me it's very easy. It's Luchasaurus. I, I would love to see a singles run from Luchasaurus, kind of get him out of that. The title, the tag team. You want to picture. give him the world title? No, no. <laughs> but I, I just want him to be a singles guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think I think they've really missed the mark on him. Unfortunately, they've used that team to just lose constantly. I think he's extremely talented, and there's something there. All right, guys. I think it's time to move on to this week's rant and rave. Uh, last, so every week, it's it's my goal. It is extremely difficult to remember whether we're on rant or rave, round one, whose turn it is. There's a lot to keep track of here, as well as scoring, which Greg was supposed to be doing so that it was easier for me to keep track of these rounds. But him not being here for these last two weeks, my grand total is zero weeks in a row. So we're going for week one this week of no mistakes. Well, Greg did give you about 12-hour notice. He did give me a 12-hour notice, and that's all we ask. That's all we ask. All right, guys. Round one rant. This week's rotation is Urba. That's Roy, Blake, Antonio. Urba. Urba. And me being first, I get to pick this week's number one rave. And oh, it no. is... Rant. Fuck. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> wow, it didn't last oh two my goodness. seconds. Look at all my notes. Oh man. my goodness. <laughs> no. Alright. Can we just get a redo? Like can, the, the show uh, that one don't count. That one don't count with fucking count. <laughs> Run it back. <laughs> I'm I can't. Here, you take the book. <laughs> you you host. It's round one rant. Okay, round one mm. rant. What's your first rant, Roy? My first rant. Let me see the book so I know. <laughs> My, the number one rant for the week is going to go to Darby Allen. It's going to Why? Darby Allen, Blake. Why? <laughs> because he's awful. He is not awful. Wingate Don't lie to me. said he is specifically listening to the podcast this week to see what you say about Darby Allen. Yes, he did. He is not awful. What do you hate about Darby this Allen? This week, he literally was on Jackass. <laughs> That's great. As we made the joke repeatedly, 
I didn't know Johnny Knoxville was still alive. That was Steve-O, but okay. Wow. I didn't know, wow. I didn't know there was a difference between the two. Yes. As someone who is Steve-O a huge fan of Steve-O blows up and Johnny Knoxville gets hit by the bull, right? <laughs> Listen. I don't know how to even recover from that. <laughs> he got in a body bag and he threw himself down a half pipe. That's great. It Why wasn't great. It? it is great because it's jackass. It's what he does. It was AEW. <laughs> Welcome to AEW's version of Jackass. No. Didn't he say he was going to win the title at the end or something? Did he get out of the bag? Look, his thing is... His stupid. Thi- his thing is no, stupid. His thing is... His thing is stupid. He's edgy. He's not. He, he, he performs these stunts. He's a daredevil. That's his thing. My ass has more edge than Darby Allen. Wow. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little story. I'm gonna give you a little story, and and this may be why. Is it a like story about my ass? Blake? No, it's not a story about your ass. Story about my ass. <laughs> <laughs> when I was young, Jackass was probably my favorite. Show. That's fine, but Darby Allen. <laughs> listen, listen, I don't care. Listen, 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 hold on. Listen to this. No, I'm not. Listen to this. Because you know damn well. <laughs> I had a razor scooter when I was like eight, and what I used to do, there was a a long ass hill. From the school. And then they had bushes in front of a curb. And I would run down this hill on the scooter, hit the curb, and flip into the bushes. I must have did this a million times. So, childhood me can relate to Darby Allen, the daredevil. There you go. All right. Well, I have two scooter stories for you now that I'm gonna, you're going to sit right, here and listen to. Let's talk about scooters. Since I just listened to Darby <laughs> Allen. And then we're going to come back to Darby Allen again. Okay. Okay. So, Razor scooters. Man, I fucking love those things. They were great. Things. I rode those all around Canton. For so long, do you ever did you ever have an experience? And this happened to me all the time. You're walking forward a little bit, and you want to let go of the scooter, and it goes to the left, and it bangs the back of your ankle. No, that's then you lift your ankle because you're like ah, and it goes to the right, it bangs your right fucking ankle. And you lift that when you go ah, and it comes back around for your left ankle. It hurts. That happened to me. Yeah, it hurts like hell. And I, I remember just falling the on the floor because I'm like, what else can I do? I've switched, I've switched multiple legs and it keeps hitting my ankles. Wow. And now here's a fun fact that I don't know how many people know. I don't think very many people do. On a Razor scooter, um, not too far from here, I decided one day, how fast can I actually ride a scooter? And it wasn't, it wasn't down, it wasn't downhill. It was just an even thing. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to fucking kick so hard. And I'm kicking it as hard as I can, feeling like I'm killing it. Mm-hmm. And I hit a rock, and I flipped just straight forward. Hands still on the handlebar. This entire half of my tooth, the front tooth, is fake. It came out when I hit the ground face first. Jeez. What color did you have? What color scooter? Uh, I feel like I had so many of them, but whenever it was my option, blue. Okay. I had green. I had a green one at one point. Green I and blue. Confession to make. You never had a Razor scooter. As much as I give Blake shit for not having a childhood, I never owned a Razor scooter. Yeah, you you need to you need to leave. Yeah, the Razor <laughs> scooters are the greatest, man. Um, I'll tell you what's not great. That's Darby Allen. <laughs> Blake, the fact that you have anything to say in his defense is ridiculous. Yeah, I didn't challenge it. I but I get it. I get it. Deep down, I get it, Roy. Blake, what's your goddamn rant? My top rant. Oh, he used the right verbiage. High saying, five, top rant. I'm on it. My top rant is the fact that they let Keith Lee lose the Braun Strowman with a big boot. It wasn't. It wasn't even Braun's finisher. 
that Keith Lee lost to. He got hit in the dick. hurt, Blake. He got hit in the dick, and he lost on a big boot. I've got nothing else to say. Yeah, this is one of those ones that wouldn't have been that bad, I think. Um, It still wouldn't have been the greatest. If, again, we didn't do this kind of finish constantly. Um, For every match, for every show, this kind of thing is happening, it feels like. And then it's worse because you look at just this specific case, and even if you say you can't compare it to others, you look at the specific case, and this is 90% of Keith Lee's career on the main roster. So that makes it even less enjoyable. The The part where Keith gets up and just kicks him right between the legs, that was great. And it almost could have fixed it if not for the fact that that was just so much of the same, right? Just trying to protect guys. Braun had just tapped out a few days before. Uh, it, it wasn't a good, a good situation for either guy, I don't think. And I think this match could have been something really fun to look forward to. Uh, but now when we get to it, we've already seen it twice. You know that we're building towards the eventual payoff of it. Now they really have a match. But when you've already given it away twice, the interest isn't there anymore. Yeah, and it's it's not... Let's be let's be real. It's probably not the worst thing that happened in wrestling this week. Mm-mm. But Keith Lee is someone that I was really excited about. Did some great things in NXT. And it's been such a dark road for him uh, is- that I wasn't even excited for this match for the same reasons that you said. And I just can't believe that they had him take a pin on a big boot. I don't understand how something I was so optimistic for became so depressing. Yeah, very quickly, too. You mentioned about it being not one of the worst things to happen in wrestling this week, which I want to say this has been a great week in wrestling for me. I know we start off with rant, um, and sometimes that may sound like we're... Well, you were so excited you were going to start with Rafe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was. I was very excited for the rave. I'm still excited for the raves. What did you guys think of this week? Are you feeling the same as me, Blake? I, Antonio and I talked about the week, obviously. Yeah. But what about you? Like, I thought this week, uh, the exception being NXT for me, of Raw, course. Raw, Raw was a fun show. It had some Raw of the same fine, mistakes, yeah. but Raw it was, was a fun show. AEW and SmackDown delivered. I had a lot of fun with wrestling. AEW nailed it. Raw was better. NXT was what NXT is. And SmackDown, I, I had better SmackDowns, but it wasn't bad by any means. So, yeah, overall, it was actually a pretty good week of wrestling. All right, cool. Antonio, your top ranked for the week. My top ranked for the week is going to go to Retribution. I had to really think about this one, but just watching the match, I was really excited because I'm like, you know, we finally get to see Mustafa like officially with them. He's wrestling. And then they just lost. Like, there was no, I mean, I'm happy there was no screwy finish. I'm happy there was like a conclusion, but they just lost. So what made it worse for me was later on the night, I then see Mustafa say, if you mess with us, we are going to do X, Y, and Z. The problem is, Mustafa, I just saw that. I already saw that that's not true. You you, you already lost the match, man. Like, so it, it it's kind of not, not completely soured me on the group. It's kind of, I almost feel like, what what are you really here for? Are all of you just going to lose? Is it going to be another, we can expect Slapjack, T-Bar, Mace, and I don't even remember the woman's name. We expect them to just lose every match until they get to the final boss that is Mustafa, I mean Ali. Like, I just, it's, it's not, it's not a good start for me for what this is going to be to me. Like, it's interesting. I, your, your basis for it is what makes it a rant. But what happened was actually great for me. 
I can't stand. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Like, I I love the fact that Hurt Business won because it, it helped. Yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not even going to touch on it. I just I figured mm-hmm. I'd throw it out there, and that's why I'm not challenging it because mm-hmm. our our yeah. opinions are the same. That could still I understand your basis. Yeah, you yeah. can still make that as a rave later on. Retribution. Um, the thing with Retribution, the most heartbreaking thing to me is reading so much. Mustafa Ali is pretty an outspoken guy. Reading so much about what he wants to accomplish. And the things that he doesn't want to be associated with, some of the ideals and the opinions and people that he wants to change, and just for him to end up leading a terrorist group, like, honestly, not even joking, it really hurts me. Because I know, and and, and it's it's wrapped up with this presentation of, like, well, he's fighting for the underdog. Not really. Not you really. just found a way to make him the leader of a terrorist group a, a and a computer hacking group. And I know, I just feel like on some level that's got to bother him. Um, so that, that really bums me out. And then the, just the, the blow off of the hacker thing, you know, damn well, that was just oh, yeah. shit don't, in don't, there. Yeah. Save okay. that. Save okay. that. So, uh, Antonio and our great, great. We're on, we're, we're on rave round one, whatever the fuck. Yeah, you got wow. it. Wow. I don't even care. Wow. <laughs> he gets so depressed. Once the first air happens, it's out, it is out the window. That's it. <laughs> Oh, it's I and I go first. Yes, okay. and and I know what you're going to talk about here, so please, ladies and gentlemen, the number one ray for this week is AEW's Dinner Debonair. This was the thing that I was the most excited to talk to you about, Blake, to see your opinion because I've seen online that there's some mixed reactions. But come on, this is the greatest thing to happen to wrestling in a long time. I want to address some of the criticisms. Uh, you, you probably think to yourself, this is wrestling. Why are they singing? It's hard to dis- suspend uh, disbelief in a situation like this. I don't think you're meant to believe that these two really went to dinner to argue and then started singing. Clearly, we're the joke here. They've been on, on this all along. This was meant to make us look stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not that they got to this restaurant and really started performing. Um, I mean, come on, man. This was great. This was amazing. They, it's, I didn't even realize the connection. We we talk about the comparisons of MJF and Jericho so often. I think we've we failed to mention MJF's background in performance and music, and so this pairing just makes even more sense now. Yeah, I didn't even write this. Like when I when I had labeled mine for the week, I didn't even label this one because I knew it was going to be your number one, and it was no way it was coming to me. I thought it was fantastic. It was hilarious. As you can see. I think what what you need to do is sometimes you you, you have to remove yourself from taking wrestling way too seriously. Yeah. And you just have to have some fun. And this was fun. You know, don't don't look at it like Roy said this. They went to dinner and they started having this performance. Just look at what the hell is happening in front of you. It's hilarious. And I I I laughed the whole time. They're they're going back and forth about this steak. I was already I was already into it in the beginning. The the I'll take mine medium rare. Well, it's funny. Jericho takes his blue. I was I was <laughs> I didn't already, like that part. I, I enjoyed it because it's it's ridiculous. It was, but at first it was so typical and just so easy. I was like, out of the millions of things you can do, we're here arguing about a steak, and it just mm-hmm. it was not going to live up to it. And I thought that that was going to be the end of it. I, that was the lead up, yep. which makes it great. Now, granted, if that's all they did was argue about steak. Yeah, that's so stupid. now that it's a part of it, now that I agree you with see you, it's the lead up to but it. But at the time, I thought that's all we were getting. Um, we're closer than Cody is to a jackass. Come on, man. I, how do you not enjoy fantastic. this? How do you not at least laugh a little bit? I hate MJF, and I laughed. 
You got to be getting on board a little bit more. Yeah, now, because of Jericho. MJF and Jericho is the tag team, man. The crazy thing is, I didn't even realize there was controversy surrounding this until Roy said something yesterday. I was like, how is there possibly and controversy? controversy may not be the right word. It's just difference of well, opinion. Neg- like, very negative opinions. Like yeah, difference words. of opinion. It's just in this particular case, you had to be stupid to not like it. Yeah. Not apologize for anybody out there that's stupid. Yeah, we're sorry. <laughs> Our apologies. <laughs> All right, my next rave, my top rave for the week, why can't I find it now, <laughs> is going to Monday Night Raw, and it's going to be El Gran Gordo. You like that Speaking shit, of, of things you did. that I laughed at, uh, again, it's stupid comedy, but it works for me. It always has. I <laughs> The fact that Tucker responded... To Miz, who everyone clearly knows that this is Otis. No, it he is responds not. and says, "I." He said, "How did you find him? It's been like an hour." Because Tucker tells him, he says, "I scoured the globe digitally." John, hilarious, stupid, hilarious. Um, the fact that Miz told him, "You look like you ate Lucha House Party." <laughs> made uh, that was very good. <laughs> um. Lucha House Party then coming out for the whole 24-7 thing and, and looking at him like, what? The, who the hell is this? I thought that was hilarious. Um, you know, this this is what Otis It was is. good. It was he's good. He's a comedy act. And this this was hilarious. I think he's one of the greatest luchadors that I've personally ever seen. All right, Antonio, what do you got? My top rave is going to go to Ray Phoenix versus Penta. Oh, my goodness. What a match. That was one of the best matches I have seen in a while. And I don't understand how these two aren't tag team champions. I feel like me and Blake have been asking for this since AEW started. These guys are consistent. They are good. They need to be spotlighted more. Especially, like, Penta, I feel like before AEW, I already knew of Penta. I was already established on who Penta was. But Ray has been a... More than pleasant surprise. I didn't really know a lot about him before going to come into AEW. But gee, this man, it feels like they both can do everything. They're just so well-rounded. They're very clean. They just work well with almost anyone. Uh, it's just all-around rave for me. That match was amazing. So I saw on Twitter, I don't I don't know how accurate it is, but apparently Phoenix was hurt in the match. He landed on his neck, and Pentagon will actually be competing next week. I don't know if you saw that. I don't even know if that's... Official or not, but that's well, thank I you saw. for ruining my rave. Like, I still like Penta, but damn, I just was yeah. like, Ray got his chance. And yeah, un- unfortunately, <laughs> again, that's nothing official. I saw it from a couple of people on Twitter, so that's unfortunate because I feel the same exact way as you do. All right, my second rant for the week I'm giving to the Lars Sullivan squash on SmackDown. We're, um, we're gonna talk about this every week. Yeah, I, I yeah, don't yeah. want to. I don't want to either. Here's the thing. Quick version. Uh, You don't ring the bell. You're going to ring the bell? Yes, I'm ringing the bell. Ladies and gentlemen! Stop disrespecting them. Ladies and gentlemen, the most one-sided rant versus rant you've ever seen. Yeah, it's a rant. Oh, well. (laughs) No, you know what? I Don't even speak. Don't even speak. You let him go first. You tell me. Why Laura Sullivan is someone that I should watch? Right, I'm just letting you guys week. know, the uh, listeners, because you can't see it. Actually, they can't even. My heart is pounding right now because I am seriously going to try to win this. This isn't a joke. This is how I actually feel because I'm trying to look at things in a different light. So we know the controversy. Well, 
of what happened I think around. You might need to turn the lights up because you're not seeing what we're seeing. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you know that we know that we most people know the controversy surrounding Lars. So now <clears throat> he comes in. We already know how he was being pushed beforehand. How many times have we been upset with someone who has a push? It has stopped for any reason. And then they come back and it's just they fall off. Velveteen Dream. Perfect example. Pushed to the moon. Started the program really great. Came back was nothing. Now we're like, okay. I, I personally, I was like a fan of Lars when he first was here, but not like the biggest fan. I am mainly just happy in the continuity. You, like, he, he took his time off for his mental issues. You didn't punish him for that when he came back. You came back, he came back, you had him right back on the same path. To me, that's not just, that's something I don't really see that often. Now, the problem is we see, I think what everyone looks at is we see these type of characters too much in WWE. Whether it be male, like we've seen the Nia, all the Nia Jack squash matches. We see like some of the, uh, the Keith Lee stuff. Like anytime there's a monster dude, there's always jobbers. The main complaint it seems that I see is that he's beating actual mid carters. Isn't that what we've been asking for instead of just jobbers? In this situation, you're saying that Shorty G is a mid-carder? Well, no, no, Shorty G isn't. Okay. Shorty G isn't, no. But, like, Jeff Hardy, like, this is, like, we always say we're tired of seeing these people that are supposed to be built like monsters not going against actual wrestlers. They've had him beat actual wrestlers multiple times. So, I don't, it's kind of like, I feel like so, like some people are being a little too critical of it when it's like, they're giving us what we wanted. Like, we said we don't want to see just jobbers. Now you just got actual people jobbing. And it sucks that you might have some people that are like, you know, Jeff Hardy could be doing more. Yeah, I believe Jeff Hardy could be doing more. But at the same time, it further solidifies the person that they're trying to put over, which would be Lars. Roy? At this point, I don't even need to talk about his personal life. That's irrelevant. Uh, he came in. Uh, he he's, he's squashing legends, well-established mid-carters, some main eventers. Um Usually, more than one, he's doing three-on-one matches and winning those. Uh, to go backwards to, to Shorty G versus Lars is disrespectful to me. It's disrespectful to Lars Sullivan's time, honestly. Let's say Lars Sullivan is as is, is good as they're saying. Wrestling's real. You book Lars Sullivan against Shorty G. I would be in Vince's offices saying, look, I go out there every week. I beat three guys down at once, your main eventers. Mm-hmm. And you've got me up here against Shorty G. Let's assume wrestling is real. Uh, that would not happen. He would not be facing Shorty G. I just that like, part of it. Hold on, I'm talking. I'm talking here, sir. Um, so you, you got you got that aspect of it. There are bigger, badder, meaner, better on the roster. Yeah, we want to see the things that you're saying, but I don't want to see it from Lars Sullivan. Just like just because if they did it with Kalisto or uh, like we'll say Shorty G, or if they did it with Humberto. It wouldn't work. It is what we want to see uh, under a certain light. We want to see it from that type of character. But I'm not buying into this Lars Sullivan. What happens when Lars goes against The Fiend or Roman or Drew? He's going to look like a jackass. If he doesn't, that might be worse. There's just... Lars is not the guy. And this particular time, he got the rant because he went up against Shorty G. And it was a waste of my damn time. The problem with that is he didn't act like I look at characters also. That's something I could see Seth doing. That's something I could see someone like Chris Jericho doing. Chad Gable asked for a match. They're going to go 
Really? You're going to have me do a match against them? I don't see that being Laura's character. He's just going to be like, okay. Even if that's the case, I can beat the hell out even of if that is the exact case, I would say that's a rant still. I would say Lars, you're boring the hell out of me. Still a rant. Don't face Shorty G. It's boring. But, I mean, we live in a world where we know the matches are booked and, like, I just don't see it. And like, some it are boring and some are good. This was boring. That's that's what I'm saying. Like, I just, I just, so you're saying it's a rant specifically just because it's Lars in saying, this position. Yeah. So if it was Keith Lee doing this instead of what he big was rave, going big on. Big rave. Blake, what do you think? What, Keith, if Lee, Keith Lee had beating booked, Shorty G? No, if Keith oh. Lee was booked like Lars Sullivan. Oh, yeah. Then it's a rave because he has a talent to, he has the talent to back that. He has the size to back that. He's someone that I get behind. But I will say, if it was Keith Lee against Shorty G, that would be funny. They're not. Yeah, <laughs> because you can't go from yeah. I am the top. I beat multiple guys, mm-hmm. and then want me to watch this match. It's it's not just a judgment on Lars. It's just this match in general. This is a waste of time for everybody involved. Everybody watching. Everybody performing. Uh, Lars, I, I I tried to to hear you out. Mm-hmm. I, no. Yeah. I just feel like there's something more you're, there. Like, what you're what you're saying about the con- I I see what you're saying, but it's the wrong guy, and it and it, it has nothing to do with his personal thing. life like, anymore. Not, it's just not yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's just when I look at Lars, mm-hmm. I do not see what Vince McMahon is seeing. It's I, I feel like it's it's Triple H and Vince see something in this dude. I don't know what it is backstage. Well, they're not always but, right. I mean, they, they are a lot of they mistakes. Aren't. But they the issue but, is what what he said about do, if Lars faces the Fiend, you think Lars is going to win? No. So what is what is the so point what's of the end game? dominant run? I mean, yeah. To be so fair, in a few weeks he can dance in a top hat with Santina or something. Pretty much. No, I don't want to see that. That's the biggest issue. What is the end game? Because if you're that dominant of a beast, what I need to know where where does this end? What is the end game? And I would say the same for if Keith Lee was in this position. Well, don't give me a dominant Keith Lee if he can't beat the top dogs. It's, right. It just feels like it feels like we're wasting a lot of time. And that'll take us over to Blake's second rant of the week. And speaking of wasting time, my next rant is going to go to Monday Night Raw because you wasted my time with this hacker angle for months. Got me excited about it. Couldn't wait to see what you're going to do with it. Then completely dropped it and decided it would be a good idea for you to act like Ali was behind it the whole time now that he has this angle of retribution and you just slide, you try to slide and attach it to him. Um, it's It's insulting to me. And my intelligence for you to do that. You you gave me no clarity on that angle whatsoever, and now all of a sudden you want to attach it to him because he's in this terrorist group. And None we had, of it makes we had, sense. had rumors that Mustafa was the one yep. behind it, but I, I don't think that was the case here. Of this was good storytelling. I really no, think they just it was lazy. It was just yeah. Somebody just slipped in and was like, "We gotta cover this up. This will be a good way to do it." This is an easy way to just get rid of that. It was very. It was so lazy. And it was so WWE. What do you got, Antonio? Your second rant for the week. My second rant is going to go to Timothy Thatcher. Yet another waste of art. He's on my list again as just... I'm going to let you talk. Sorry. I got agitated. He is agitating me. He is. I I instantly felt some aggravation because he is wasting my time. So much screen time every week for him to say, you twist this part of the body and then you lose the match. Yep. So so that's my problem. I actually like Thatcher in the ring. Love his wrestling style. I love that style of wrestling. We only have a few wrestlers that can do that like and make it entertaining. My problem is... You're using a guy that is excellent at wrestling 
for just skits and segments. Those are not entertaining. Like, I, I, I agree with Roy. I feel like it's a waste of time. I don't want to see this. Put him in a match. That's where he excels. I don't necessarily mind the segments. It's just that he doesn't win. So it is, that's why it's now a waste of time. I'm watching. You're promoting your your biggest losers on the show. Here's the guy that loses, and this is how he does it. <laughs> yeah, that's that, what the video package is. Here's 10 steps to lose a match. Thatcher's just weird because I I do see something there. For him, there's a there's a level of aggression. I was excited. There. Remember during predictions, I was excited when he was doing he's, those videos. He's very technical. He's very technically sound. Uh, I think there's something there, but they're doing way too much of this with the student. You know these segments, and then now this became a match against the student. I I think that was boring. But I something tells me that in a few months, Thatcher will be a lot bigger than he is right now. All right. Round two of raves. My rave goes... I mean, I'm on the right part, right? It's round two rave. Round two rave goes to Eddie over on AEW. There it is. It's hitting home for you now, huh? I'm ready for Eddie to take this title off. Really? I'm not ready for that. I'm ready for it. Because there's something else I want to see with the title, but... Yeah, yeah, I don't think it happens. I don't think it happens. No. And you're right, there are more interesting things on the horizon. But for right now, Eddie has won me over. I get it. I understand the character now. It's finally clicked. He's not meant to be this super athletic specimen that goes out there and whips ass. He's this guy that just does not quit. He saw what it takes to get to the top, and he's willing to do it. Um, and the fact that it's an I quit match, it's gotten kind of hard, even with, you would think with Eddie's, Booking it may be easy to see him quitting. It doesn't seem that easy for me to picture him saying I quit. After seeing, you know, he he had a point with the, uh, what was that? It was like a battle royal. The battle royal where he wasn't eliminated. And then he didn't, he didn't lose the match against Moxley. Well, he lost the match. But you yeah, but he didn't, yeah, he didn't tap. He has a point. He's, out. he's like, I will die before I lose. And I've been seeing that from him. And I think... Man, one of them's going to have to die at that pay-per-view because Moxley sure ain't quitting either. That's that's what makes it fun and interesting is you look at Moxley and you're... I mean, to me, there's no way Moxley loses, right? But because Moxley just... that It's not in his character to quit. However, if you look at Kingston and his upbringing and the struggle that he's went through, here's a guy that they showcase his struggles and what he did to get to AEW and what he went through. And you have to think in your mind, wait a minute... There's no way this guy's going to quit. Right. He has way too much to lose. and Well, not too much to lose, but there's so much to gain. And it's hard to imagine him quitting. So they have really positioned this in a cool, unique way. I don't recall an I quit match where I had one guy on one side who definitely you couldn't see tapping or quitting, but another guy for a whole different reason not quitting. I need them to take a lot of care and respect in this match. It's hard to... Just the way I am, it's hard for me to root for anybody that's going to go out there and say I quit. Um, but I can say Eddie is at the cusp of being a top favorite wrestler for me after these last two weeks. So I really hope that if he takes the loss here, that it's handled well. And I would like to say something. A week ago, I would have challenged this. Okay. Because I hate fucking, I hated Eddie Kingston. After this week, like, I, I'm not gonna, I kinda saw it too. Like, 
at first I viewed it as this guy like trying to act tough. Exactly. But like you said, once you see what he act like his he's actually all about, it makes so much sense and it all comes together. So now instead of me saying he's cringy on the mic, it's like, all right, no, that makes sense the stuff he's saying. Like that's all real. He really means what he's saying. I feel like he's a little bit relatable to with the struggles that he had also. So yeah, he's got that. It's just that New York bravado, uh-huh. yeah. mm-hmm. you know. It that that's something that you see from a lot of New Yorkers, and sometimes it may feel forced. But in this case, I don't feel like it's forced at all from him. I also get that same same feel from Proud and Powerful. Just that that bravado. There's something there, and it it works for him and his character. My next rave is going to go to SmackDown. It should be no surprise. It's going to be the segment with Jimmy at the table setting up an attack from Jay. For Roman, I don't know about you guys, but I've gotten really damn good at deciphering the difference between Jimmy and Jay. I can honestly say I knew that was Jimmy as soon as he talked. And I can't believe I've gotten to this point because there used to be a time where I, they could stand next to each other and I didn't know who was who. I could tell by the eyes and the voice that that was Jimmy. And I was actually really proud of myself because of that fact. Cool segment. I love Jimmy at the table. Um, he's He's... You know, he's he's thinking, like, what the hell is going on with this guy? He He's lost his mind. Maybe Roman hasn't. Maybe Roman does have a point. We haven't gotten to it yet. Because Ro- Roman is really trying to hammer down the fact that he is providing for his family. And these two are the ones who just will not fall in line and get it. I, I, I love what they've done with the whole story. It's been fantastic. So, I'm sorry, Oost, but <laughs> when he took the mask off initially, I was like, oh, that's weird. Why was he wearing a mask? Then he says, Jay's right behind you. And I go, shit. I did it again. I, I, I do think it was great, though, because when they first, he first wore the mask. very disrespectful. Jay had called you out on this a few weeks ago and said that people don't. Said, which one are you? And here you are doing this to him again. Well, they did a good job at the switcheroo then. I, I mean, it, it was. It was. It was. Re- I didn't expect it. I really thought it was just going to be Jay in the office saying, I'm going to be in here while he talk about the consequences. So you can't beat my ass out there. And so when he pulls the mask off and it's Jimmy and Jay's like, no, what's up? I'm like, okay, all right, that that was great. That was really good. It was cool as shit. I wish it would have worked for me. I, I was impressed with the fact that I knew it was Jimmy from the jump. So, of course, I'm thinking, okay, well, where's Jay? We're setting up an attack. But the idea was still awesome. Yeah, I had no idea. I'm so sorry. Here's what I loved about it so much. So I think a lot of people probably could tell. Uh, I don't want to say a lot of people. Because I don't feel like I take away the accomplishment from Blake. But a decent amount of people probably knew right away uh, who it was. And I think the idea is Roman should too. I mean, he grew up with him. That's his family. Yep. He should know. And any other time, he does. But he is so focused on the disrespect and the championship. He's not... He, you can tell... this. What this says is that when he's looking at them, he's not even looking at them. He's not paying attention. He is in his own world. Because... You got to imagine Roman can tell the difference between his cousins, mask or no mask, right? Uh, if we can, there's no reason he can't. The fact that he was so distracted by the disrespect of him coming in there and sitting at that seat and everything that he didn't even realize until it was too late, it just shows you where Roman's head's at. I would be interested to see how many people knew and how many, how many didn't. I, yeah, I don't think it was a lot. I, I think saying that a lot of people knew is... Is not accurate. I had no idea. I I just know I was at, I was like really happy about us and shit because I just recalled back in the day they would be standing next to each other when they had the fake back in the day with the face paint. I couldn't tell who was who mm-hmm. for the longest time. 
I remember uh, in we we did fantasy league and we would have like Jimmy and Jay and we would never know yeah, who got like, the points. Who got the points? Yeah. All right. Um. So Antonio, what do you got for round two, Rave? Trying to figure out who I'm going to put first. You got two that you're deciding between? Yeah. Uh, I feel like I have to. Uh, it, the, my next rave is for the cleaner being back. I am so, so happy for Kenny Omega to be Kenny Omega again. I I have been saying for a few months now, I think Ken, like a while ago, I think the next step is Kenny. Kenny is going to be the one to take the title from Moxley. Like when the breakdown started happening, I'm like, if that any time they can have him go that serious route, and that's going to be it because he is that level of talent. The 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 mat. Now here's the problem. Like I'm not going to speak on the match. It's I, I'm torn on the match. I loved it for Kenny. I love the overblown entrance of like literally the commentator. I mean the the all the accolades, down, all his accolades. I love the big flashy. I had the people coming out with brooms like like I am Kenny Omega. Like it was, and then to go into the ring, like his entrance was longer than the match. And go in the ring and dominate like he did. It's like okay, okay, Kenny. Like, and I know some people gonna be like, oh, Sunny Kiss, but Sunny Kiss has put on some amazing amazing matches with the likes of Cody and other people like Sonny Kiss can wrestle. And then the ending where he's just kind of like, eh, I'll do it just because I have to see. I'm a good guy. Like he says that I love it. I am so happy that he is back. Yeah. The Kenny, <laughs> the Kenny squash was definitely the right call. Uh, yeah, it was the right call. There's, it's no offense to Sonny Kiss, but every now and then, if you have a squash like this, during a character change, it makes sense. Sonny was just at the wrong place at the wrong time. And for Kenny, I mean, let's be honest. You put Kenny Omega and Sonny Kiss together, Kenny Omega is the better wrestler. I mean, to be fair, you put Kenny Omega next to a lot of people in AEW. And they're the, he is and the he's better, wrestler. better wrestler. And and with this character change, Kenny went straight to business. Mm-hmm. And looked like this is light work. That, and it. that's how it should be. That's how you start off a singles run for somebody. Round three for Rant. I'm giving it to the contract signing on SmackDown. This was the the big final build for Sasha and Bailey. It didn't deliver. Their story so far post-breakup has not been great. Everything leading up to and even the breakup itself, I was extremely hyped for. And I'm still very hyped for Sasha and Bailey, but it's not it doesn't feel as emotional and as invested as it should. Um Forcing people to sign the contract thing, that's so weird. It's so weird. Bailey gave up pretty easily. I would have rather just let her keep doing that and I could have the night off at the pay-per-view. Like, you can't even get out of a freaking chair submission and you're going to go in hell in a cell? Don't sign the contract. She should have, like, threw it out of the ring. Then Sasha would have had to go grab it or something. The logic is just so lost. I mean, in in the first place, all, all these months... They had these subtle matches like Stephanie put them into, and they acted so surprised. And we called them out on them. We said, "You're wrestlers. You're. It's known yeah, that you you're going to defend the title mm-hmm. at a pay per view, and now it's just Bailey's decision on whether she has the match. I, I don't know. It it really was just odd to me that she had to force her to sign a contract. Like, is there somebody not above you? Like, Alan Pierce doesn't make this match if she refused to sign. The the logic was lost for me. Yeah, so, I mean, at the end of the day, this is one of those things that really wasn't good or bad. It's just the potential and what it should have been brought it pretty high up on the list. What about you, Blake? What do you got? My final rant 
for the week is going to go to NXT. And it's it's Legato Del Fantasma for me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Ray. Who's challenging? It's, well, clearly it doesn't matter. Yeah. The, the issue... It's no, not, no, 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 it does matter. It does matter. It does. We, the issue is... Who it, should be the judge and who should actually be going? We have to establish that before your argument. Do we both have it on Rave? I have it on Rave. I have yes. it on Rave also. Well, since you're not here very often, I'll let you argue it. And okay. We'll get you a we'll get you a W in the win column to make up. For, I mean, we'll have a completely fair <laughs> yeah. discussion. The, my issue isn't with them themselves. It's just the booking. I'm bored. They come out. They have a match against. It's always one person they're feuding with, and then two random partners. That seems to be the trend lately. It's been Swerve. It started off with Drake Maverick, and I think I'm to the point where, unfortunately for them, their faction is just in a position where there aren't other factions to really go with them the only other faction they have is undisputed air and i don't know what they're doing there they're doing their whole gold prophecy stuff again or whatever it may be but i just can't get excited about these three having one person that they dislike and then pairing with two other random people i've gotten to the point where i'm just bored with it it's swerve now Mm -hmm. it's been going on for a very long time with swerve and i i'm not behind it anymore because for Swerve, I feel like he just he can't beat them. I've seen him have multiple opportunities at the title, and he can't get it done. And I could care less if he gets it done with two random people in a six-man tag. It's just not exciting for me anymore. And it's 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 actually disappointing. That's why it's so high. It's disappointing for me because I want more out of Legato Del Fantasma. I like what they're trying to accomplish. I just don't think they're positioned to do so. My Well, here's why it was a rave for me. No exaggeration, probably about two or three days ago, before this match happened, well, before this match happened, me and Roy were talking about this specific uh, faction. I said that I feel like the other two members of Legato Del Fantasma feel like an afterthought now. They have not gotten a win on their own in a while. It is usually Escobar picking up the pin, or they're just losing to build up an Escobar feud. The fact that Escobar was outside the ring and had nothing to do, pretty much nothing to do with those two winning, like he was in the match, but they let them handle it on their own, that's all I needed. Like, literally, it showed me, like, okay, so you are willing to give these guys a chance to. I understand that it's, uh, it, I know it's just like one match, but it, it, it gives me something to look forward to. I see that you're actually trying to showcase these two a little bit more instead of just Escobar. I feel like Escobar has been showcased enough. That man is the truth. Hands down. Like, I like Escobar. He can wrestle. Like, his his character is giving... Just the mindset, like, just his charisma is just that everything is there. He's a complete package. All I needed was for those two to show up, and I feel like this is a, a, a step in the right direction. It shows... Like, they specified to show that he was outside the ring when that match ended. So I'm like, okay, you, you might actually do good with them. It might not just be another final boss situation where they're just the sub-bosses before Escobar. Why aren't these two competing for the tag team titles? They they should have won them. But didn't they win them when they lost them? No, they No, they should have won them. I was going to say, I, I said that a while ago before Brizango got it. It's, just, it's weird to me that you had a perfectly set up angle to where you could have used these two to win the tag team titles 
and have sort of a feud with Undisputed Era. And I think it's because they're just not important enough to be in that role with Undisputed Era. Instead, they're focused on McAfee. And to me, that's a little depressing. It's going to be a rave. Um, I didn't know that that was going to be Antonio's reasoning ahead of time. That's not something that we really discussed since the show happened. And I bring that up because as you were talking, you did sell me. Uh, I was on your side. That's literally the only thing he could have said because that's what I liked about it is that those two, it was a chance for those two to shine. I did not think that he was going to say that. And I thought that it was going to be a big thing because I thought I was going to pick you. <laughs> and then Antonio was going to be like, what the hell? But yeah, he picked that one thing. It's not going to be, I'm not, this isn't something I'm going to be challenging much longer. This is probably a very last chance with this sort of thing. You're not wrong with anything that you said. But the difference maker was that it was an opportunity for the tag team to stand out and not. Uh, and that's why I said I feel like I'm still cautious, but it's, it's like a step in the right direction because we know how things can turn. Yeah. Like immediately. I, I, I think for me, I, I, I see what you saw there. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at who they beat. Okay. And, and, I'm, and I see two jobbers, essentially. With You're not wrong. You're not wrong. What do you got for your last rant, Antonio? Rant? Rant. <sighs> Uh, my this is last... why we keep them on paper. Oh no, I I, I was looking up backup for this one, but I'm not, I can't find the nominees. It's Dakota Kai. About a year ago, when no, I, I'm not. About a year ago, Dakota Kai won Future NXT Superstar of the Year, and I was extremely, extremely against it. And I don't know if Blake remembers this. I remember. He was for it. And I said, we will see, and I will remember this conversation to see how she turns up in the year. It is now towards the end of October. I was correct. Hey, Dakota Kai call. is nothing but a jobber. And I, and, and, I, and I feel bad for Ember Moon because she beats Dakota Kai. That does nothing for me. That's going to do absolutely nothing for me if Ember, for Ember Moon if she beats Dakota Kai. Great, you beat someone that's lost all year. Congratulations. Did her big win this week do anything for you? Not really. I, I will. Here's the weird thing. Her big win impressed me on the other person because I didn't know who this person was. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, she can actually, like, wrestle. This isn't, like, your normal jobber. Even though she still did, like, do, like, she did job out. But it, I was like, okay, I actually, I'm interested to see more of this person if they actually give them any more time. Um, I don't know how much you guys look at, like, Reddit and stuff afterwards. A lot of people actually were, quite a few people were interested in seeing more of her. Because uh, apparently she's from somewhere else and is like a beast where she's from. Um, but uh, Kai, just stop. Stop. Okay. Like, I, I, I'm done with you. Like, it, you, it, it is sad because I was behind the heel turn. But I just, I just felt like this was the route they were going to take. I feel like they turn, they turn people heel sometimes, specifically so they can jump. It's like giving them a reason to jump. All right, my final rave for the week. How it got this slow down on the list, I have no idea. But it's going to smack down with Law and Otis. I mean, come on, that was great. I didn't know. I really, I didn't know where to put it. Yeah. I, I didn't even know. What, I still don't really know what I think about it. I think it's a rave because it's so different. Exactly. And, and exactly. The, the things he threw in, but Jesus, the dun dun at random times. Yeah. There was one or two that was a little a little cringy, but for the most part, it was pretty good. Especially when the people in the courtroom started acknowledging it. Um, <laughs> where it took off for me was Teddy Long was the one responsible for like typing everything up. He said, "I got a pee, player." 
Asuka said, "Hala, hala, hala." That's what really did it was Asuka on the Teddy Long thing. I was one over way earlier before you guys. The second Otis goes, I think I should keep the money in the bank contract because I won the money in the bank. Yeah, they said he's got. That's a good argument. (laughs) They said you're fired. fired. I was done. I was I was invested as soon as he said that. Then he said, "I forgot a key piece of evidence." JBL opens it up. Ching. Ridiculous. Very, very good. Of very course, good. Simmons at the end. <laughs> Great entertainment. Yeah, it was. It was good. It was well put together. What do you got, Blake? All right, that was one of mine. Even though I was very undecided, I didn't know what to do. That was with one it. of mine too. But I, I think it deserved its place. But my final rave is going to go to Monday Night Raw, and it's actually going to be the fact that Retribution not only got beat by the Hurt Business. But then got single-handedly taken out by The Fiend. Fair. Great. Yes. Because that's how I see them. I don't see them as a dominant group. I love I love the idea of all these different factions. Uh, when it was originally brought up that WWE wanted to do that, I thought that was a great idea. And and I think they serve their purpose, Retribution. And it's to lose the Hurt Business. Yeah. That, that's what your job is. Because the Hurt Business is, is much better than you um, in a lot of different, a lot of different ways. The Fiend... Is this a, a, a turn where he turns face? I don't know. I don't even want to get involved in that. I just want to enjoy The Fiend. I hope it doesn't become a forcing for us to make it known that he's face. Just let him be his own yeah, his own right. thing. Because in, in this situation, it made sense. They came in and they interrupted him. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, even though they looked weak because they were beat up by everybody, it did show a little gusto for them and some balls to come out with The Fiend. Mm-hmm. So that was that was a good a, a slightly good mark for them as well. I specifically left that part out because even in my own notes, while I have retribution as a rant, I specifically have the fiend versus retribution as a rave. Yeah, because I, I agreed. Like that was, was a combination was cool. of things that that was cool to see. I mm-hmm. wasn't expecting to see the fiend go against retribution, and I, I'm interested in that. I I don't know what they do here. Are they going to try and find a way to do Survivor Series and have the Fiend attached to her business? Is this just not even involved in anything like that? Like that's such a weird combination to me. Honestly, as as it, it sounds off putting to just say like that, but when you start to imagine all the characters, you got to get away where they're okay with one another. And whatever that path is, sounds like it would be pretty great. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's the point whether at it's all. MVP has to come to Firefly Funhouse. Yeah, there there are a lot of things that can yeah. be done that could be fun. It, it's it's an odd pairing, but I'd be on board with it. I'd I like to too. see how that goes. I will. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. The unprofessional. What? All right. <laughs> well, what's your final rate for the week, Antonio? <laughs> okay, it's about time. I've been waiting to do this for a while. You're not uh, you're not in honorable mentions anymore because you finally made it to the main show. My rave, and because I can't clap because it's too loud, is the strongest, the toughest, the fastest Bianca Belair. I I I just want to see her succeed so badly because she uh, I told Roy yesterday I feel like she's a rare talent. She has the extreme weightlifting background, so she is ridiculously strong. She has the track background, so she is legitimately incredibly agile. She's a great combination of all these things, and I just feel like when she's spotlighted and when she's in the ring, like you, like yeah, after she won that match yesterday, you could tell she was genuinely just happy to finally, like you know, like I'm finally here now, like I'm actually going to be showcased. I feel like she's, although her character is a little different, I feel like deep down she's a very humble person, 
And I just want to see her succeed because she has the talent to. We've been saying it for a while, like ever since the Royal Well, I feel like I've been saying it way before the Royal Rumble, but I mean, they've been building her like they want to really, really push her like to the moon. Just go in on it. She has the talent to do it. And I'm I'm just happy to see like her showcased and to see if there anything comes out of this. Two things. Every time you say push them to the moon, I think of Cameron Grimes. Yeah, me too. To the moon. <laughs> I thought the same thing when you said it earlier. <laughs> yes. Second thing is I I agree, but I found it odd that they use the music for the video package for Bianca last week on Raw now. I don't know if you noticed that. That was yeah, the same exact definitely. song. I I thought that was really odd. I was like, did they just enjoy that song so much and just said, fuck it, we're gonna I didn't use notice it for Raw that, now? Actually. Yes. Huh. Um yeah, that was that was weird. That's something that I've, I don't think I've seen before, but yeah, I agree. I I think I, I like to see a Bianca push. I didn't notice Zelina was on SmackDown. Me either. And I, I think that's a cool thing, too. I think she could do better on SmackDown as well. What I want to say about Bianca Belair on Friday Night SmackDown is that she had one of the best outfits I've seen. There you go. I <laughs> loved that 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 blue and white. And, man, the outfit just looked so cool to me. That stood out to me enough that I actually wrote Bianca's outfit on my raves this week. Nice. We're getting there. We're getting somewhere. Soon it will be Bianca. <laughs> Bianca's outfit has made it before her. She did it. All right. Um, the coolest. Honorable mentions, Antonio. What do you got for rant? Uh, rant. Uh, I have. Uh, you talked about Darby Allen, Jungle Boy. I don't really know what the direction is with him. Um, I feel like I keep saying I want to see more from him, but I feel like it's one of those situations, as Roy has pointed out. You just have to take what you're given, and it seems like they just want them to lose. I, I don't really know why. Um, Ember Moon. I tried, man, and I love Ember Moon, but this, this match just didn't... Like I said, it, it it made me look at the other person a little more, more than like Ember Moon, because like, I just was like, yeah, you shouldn't lose this. It was definitely better than her last match, but to know like what she's possibly going to be going up against in Dakota Kai for the next probably month or two does nothing for me. It's going to do nothing for her. Uh, Why am I being put through a table again? Why does this keep happening? I don't know. I, I, like, at first, you know, last week it was kind of like, all right, you know, she got the title shot. There's been like now, six weeks. Yeah, now it's like, all right, are you just doing it? Like, why do you keep doing this to law? Stop. And so I didn't look into this, and I'm not saying that this is fact by any means, but when I was looking through things... For conversation topics today, I saw something that said that Vince believes Lana should now be a white-hot babyface after how long she's been put through the table, winning the Battle Royal, and then getting put through it again. I didn't get that at all. I got that she loses a lot. Yeah, I didn't feel like she, it was a, a face turn at all. I don't know what the goal is here. Anything else? Um, no, I actually I really didn't have a lot of rants this week. Like, as a whole. only have one left, and it was the fact that Shorty G quit, and I just saw the same thing happen on Wednesday. Now, I know they elaborated a little bit more with Shorty saying, I quit being Shorty G. Uh, At I first, I thought the two were going to be connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it wasn't. It was weird. It, I just saw the same thing happen two nights yep, prior, yep, yep. and so... When, then when they cut back to him and he says, I quit being short, and she's like, well, yeah, yeah, you should have did that a long time ago. But um, Chad Gable, the Olympian, and all the things you said, that's not going to happen either. They're never going to get behind Chad Gable. Uh, for me, Austin Theory was on there going in line with that. He's kind of boring me. Did you have more or was that your only one? No. Okay. No. Uh, the Zia Lee match on NXT just didn't hold my attention. <laughs> I, 
I won't even write it down anymore. I'm done with that. I'm over that. Uh, Murphy's loss was very disappointing. Seth is Seth, so it's it's. I'm not upset with a Seth win. I'm just upset with a Murphy loss. It was an amazing match, though. Does anybody feel a little uncomfortable with the Elia and Buddy? Murphy? It is a little weird, right? She's just young. She's, She's young. really young, and wrestling has had their way of weird things happening before. I just think it's it's a little odd. It does to pair a love triangle with someone that young right in front of her father. I don't know. I get I get a weird vibe from it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Wingate, Antonio, and I talk about that every week. I mean, I'm not saying I dislike the angle. I just it's that part is uncomfortable. Yeah, it's a little uncomfortable. And they they try to they try to treat it with respect because they they don't really I don't feel like they allude or hint a ton to anything more than a friendship. Mm-hmm. Though it definitely seems like, especially after SmackDown, well, that we're yeah. headed to that. But either way, like even if you're not going to make it a relationship, it's just still. And and she's grown. I mean, she is mm-hmm. grown. Yeah, she's nineteen. But I, mean, does... I don't know. I just I, she's she's a gorgeous woman. You're putting Buddy in a weird position. And then I'm just looking at real the, life. The context of the father being right there the whole time yes. too. It is. It's bizarre. Um, and then the last one that I just had was AEW is failing their women's division. I feel right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Blake, I'll let you get started on honorable mentions for Rave. I actually really enjoyed Wardlow and Jungle Boy. I understand what you're saying about Jungle Boy. But Wardlow not, winning specifically was yeah, he, all mine. Yeah. He's not beating Wardlow. I was happy Wardlow. for him to get a win. I, I'm really impressed with Wardlow. I had Vince as his first match with Cody, and I'd like to see more. Um, Daniel Bryan celebrating his tag victory backstage with KO and the Street Profits was such a Daniel Bryan personality moment. He he's just he doesn't understand what he says when he says fist me boys fist me boys they they get down with the smoke right I was done when he said that because that is so Daniel Bryan to me it's like a father who's just out of touch with what's hip Uh, and it was absolutely hilarious I don't know what they're gonna do if this Daniel Bryan KO thing is actually gonna be something I don't even know if I want to see that. And that's coming from somebody who really enjoys KO and Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. I just don't know yet. But if they're going to, this is a good first step for me. Kushida getting the win over Velveteen yes, Dream and Champa. Yes, it's on there. It's on I there. mean, finally. Finally, you pulled the trigger on somebody without a bullshit finish. And it was the right guy. Kushida is the guy who should be taking the next step. We've seen Champa. We've seen Dream have the opportunities. I think that was the right call. And the final thing that I have for honorable mentions... Was Johnny Gargano and this heel stuff is finally starting to work. It Thank took, you. It took, was good. It took time. It's hit or miss for it me. It took time. Sometimes, sometimes yeah. Sometimes it gets lost. And, and I felt like it was forced, but it's starting to work. And when, when he kept spinning the wheel, he spin the wheel twice. And he says, what does this wheel want me, dead? Yes. Uh, that was great. I thought that he was said, hilarious. I need to be in control. He started off by I don't saying. I like not being in control. He started off saying, everyone knows Johnny Gargano hates wheels. Yeah. How do we know I that? I never knew that, Johnny, but thank you. Uh, yeah, that was great. And and I'm starting to really enjoy Gargano now. It's starting to pick up steam. I'm happy about that. Cause yeah. I, it took me a little while, too. But just the backstage inter- interactions is, are what won me over on him. And, and for those that don't know, you two both know, I loved Gargano. That was my favorite for the longest time in NXT. And the heel turn just didn't ever really work for me. I didn't see him as a heel. And I'm still trying to, but some of the humor is really starting to catch on. Uh, let me rewind for just a second to rant because I did want to bring up 
the I wanted to bring up bring up Fandango and Breeze. And I told you that this was an absolute waste of time. Yeah, I agree. I didn't I didn't want any of this, and that's exactly what we got. There was only one person who liked it, and that he's not here today. There, there was no way himself. that I saw them holding onto the belts. It just felt like a step for the next person. That's exactly what happened. Um, so the Breezango was on my rant. Um, now, for Rave, Alexa and the Funhouse, we, we touched on that. That stuff is great. I was, uh, even though I'm not an Elias fan anymore, I'm just happy that he got through a song. That did feel like a big deal to me. That was like, I felt like relief off my shoulders, like a chip. Like, I don't know. I just felt good. Two songs. Two. I mean, we're getting like a, a few minutes in. I'm not paying any attention because it's Elias. But once I realized this man was a good bit through a song, I was hooked. I think that's the first time we've seen that. Uh, the big E, big E in the background during Kofi and Sheamus was was great. Drake and Killian, you talked about that last week. What did you think this week? I, I love Drake and Killian. I, sometimes I talk about things like a few weeks in a row, and I'll try not to continue yeah. to hammer that home. But yes, I'm really enjoying them. I think it's hilarious. And and it wasn't it wasn't unpredictable by any means. I kind of saw that coming, but I enjoyed it. When he used the chair and he's thinking, oh, shit, I cost us a match. I'm thinking, Killian don't care about that match. Yeah. He's going to love that aggressiveness out of you. And that's what happened. So that was awesome. And then he starts dancing and he ruined it again. Yep. Uh, McAfee is back. I didn't I didn't necessarily care about the angle that was happening, but I'm extremely ha- happy to see some more from McAfee. Yeah, me too. He earned, he earned that. Um, you talked about Daniel. Daniel Bryan, just in general, was going to be a rave for me. It was... Great having him back on SmackDown. His personality is wrestling. Everything is so different that he always feels like a fresh of breath air. And even just his segment with KO, I found very interesting because he talks like somebody. I, I really buy into what he's saying. He's talking about the future of SmackDown, the things that he wants to see. And as much as I am a fan of Sami Zayn, Daniel's got to take that title because I'm a big fan of the the weekly open challenges thing. And Sammy saying no. Daniel saying that's what he would like to see. I'm on board with Daniel on that. I also love how aware Daniel Bryan is with KO and the fact that he wants to be team. He's like, haven't you turtle and everybody? And it's, that's like, yes. no, this does and not I sound love, like a good idea. I love when he said he had the perfect name. He said, hell KO. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, good one. And then he's like, you realize that would be if you were a team with you Kane. Paid. <laughs> I'm like, damn, he's right. And Kevin Kevin was like, okay, good point. This, um... So, from what I see, this is the final run for Daniel Bryan. Really? That's not too yeah. surprising. It's a little sad. It is sad. So, let's let's enjoy what but we get. But he's got to get out while he can. He's had some scares. Yeah. And, you know, his family's getting bigger, all that stuff. It makes sense. It's definitely early in terms of, like, wrestling careers. Yeah. But it may, he, it may be better for him to get out while he can. I think so. Um, And then my last one goes to Team Taz. I, I don't like Taz, and I don't like Brian Cage. Ricky Starks wow. hold the whole thing for me. But <laughs> the fact that every week they are out here to put Darby Allen on blast, it's made me such a fan of Team Taz. And this man walks out, and he says, it really burns my ass. <laughs> you are right. You are right. Because every week, Darby Allen burns my ass. My ass is heated. So, I, I just love that. Ricky gets on the mic, runs down Darby, calls him a different name every week, and I laugh. I don't even remember what it was this week, but it was great. Team Taz is winning me over by just going after him every week. Um, All right, we're wrapping up. My turn? 
Oh yeah, you do get a turn. Yeah, what? <laughs> I forgot so, that you get a turn. <laughs> so, um, <clears throat> to tie in with the Daniel Bryan stuff, I didn't know that, and I I really hope that yeah, we I didn't, see I a lot of this run, man. That that really hurts me because I just said yesterday again, it's so happy. Official, but yeah. I saw in a couple places some people talking about it on Twitter, and and I have heard that in the past. I just wait said a yes. second. I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. How did I not say this? I crossed it off. It's it's up here. AJ Styles and that body Jordan. Oh, yeah. That's his yeah. name, Jordan. What the hell is that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a rant or a rave. I, I don't know what to think of that. I like it so far. I think AJ's the next program for Drew, whether he wins the belt or not. That's why we got a big guy behind AJ. The fact that the referee was like, I am just doing my job. And the referee wasn't going to talk to him. He's like, you brought him in here. You get him to leave. This is not on me. And AJ is like, he's like, oh, you're going to cost me the match because of him? And the ref's like, dude, please, just leave the ring. And I liked that the guy was like, fine. He left the ring. It was a very real moment, and I felt for the referee. The ref was like the most patient ref I've ever seen. He said, one, two. And AJ's like, He's like, all right, let you follow that through. And the ref's like, you're right. Can you just please leave? <laughs> Do this peacefully. So for my honorable mentions for Rave, uh, I, had, I'm going, I had Drake Maverick. Uh, Law and Otis, mainly because it didn't go the way I thought it was going to go. I feel like I have to speak on that. I really thought this just was going to end with Otis just being awarded the money in the bank contract. I really didn't think they were just going to straight up have JBL be corrupt, but they did. That was great. Cody Rhodes and his reasoning for not going to get, not wanting to go against Orange Cassidy again was genius to me. And I'm actually surprised it wasn't a rave. He specifically said that he feels like he's done with that program and that with the weight gain, he needs to focus on the heavier weights and that he's a giant killer now because he's went against people like Brody and uh, um, Archer. So he's saying, I'm not going to focus on the light heavyweights anymore. I just want the heavyweight dudes. I think that's an interesting angle. I feel like it's also keeping them in that tweener role. So it's interesting to see where that goes. Um, Pat McAfee, you brought up. I didn't see it coming at all. I seriously thought it was Kyle O'Reilly the whole time. Absolutely. I had forgotten about <laughs> McAfee, but once we got closer to the end, I started to Put it together, okay. I think McAfee. What what really did it was Ridge Holland and the uh, the car. And I thought about money. And McAfee has the money oh, as yeah. he was talking about. I made millions doing this, made millions doing that. That's what really connected it for me. So I didn't even think that deep. Wow. Uh let's see what else I have. I think that might be. Let me check. I think that's it. Okay. Okay. All right. What was everybody's favorite show this week? AW. AW for me. This man just does not yes. like quick answers. In this, let's see how, let's see how awkward it can get. I've had to pee for the last 20 minutes. Well, so I, told I, you. I, I'm like, I really have to pee too. I'm like, I'm going, going to be, I'm like, I'm going to be criticized because I'm going to say SmackDown. Do you guys want to pee without telling them who wins? <laughs> no. Yeah, let's just do it. We What's should up? all just take a pee break and just leave the mic on. Really build anticipation, and in about five minutes, we'll tell them who the winner is. Nobody's on board with this. Yeah, no. can I do a commercial break? All right. Yeah. Do well, no, no, we're not really going to leave. But oh. now that you've pitched the idea of a commercial break, yeah, go ahead. I would like to see what you come up with. Oh my god. 
I'm struggling right now. This is what I thought. So he's no, just no, no, sitting no. there staring. No, 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 no. Okay. You see, you have to actually leave for me to think of it. I Wait, mean, it got more entertaining because Blake has to pee really bad. Okay, we have to stop so Blake can go to the restroom. What is the commercial? I, need I don't know. know. I'm going to think of something to sell some bullshit product like I normally do. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, your winner, A-E-W.